Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by May Dorney, author and publisher. Today, May is going to talk about her writing and her newly started publishing company. May, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me. It's uh, going to be a blast, I'm sure. So you write specfic and fantasy. And how did that start and why such a small niche in the lesbian fiction sector? Yeah, I like making things hard on myself. Um, no, I, I grew up on Specfic. I, um, my, my dad read science fiction to me as a child. I, I grew up on stories that were just epic adventures and not a lot of romance. Um, and I loved those stories. I, everything in me was shaped by those stories. So I couldn't write anything but that, really. Your first novel came out with quite a bang. Survival Instincts was widely loved, including on the Lesbian Review. So tell us a little bit about that. About the fact that it came out to such a, uh, a shockwave of success. I don't know. No one was more surprised than I was, I think. Because I had prepared myself for, well, you're releasing something in a very tiny niche with a lot of blood and gore and not everyone's going to like it and then everybody liked it (laughs) so yeah I was very shocked about that it just shows though that there's an appetite for it there is which is good because then I get to write what I really love to write and that is just really weird gritty fiction that that won't leave you comfortable which I think is great. I mean, I think we need more of that. So I have this term incidental lesbian, right? Which is what I want to see more of in lesbian fiction. It's basically a lesbian who just happens to be a lesbian. So it's not, the story does not revolve around her being a lesbian. It's just, you know, like she's a brunette, she's a lesbian. Okay, so she just happens to be. So would you say that your books, because they speak fic in the fantasy and they're less romance than, you know, traditional romances would would they classify as having the incidental lesbian in them i don't think no never say never but i don't think i will ever write a book with a non um accidental lesbian in it or bisexual woman in it It just i don't live my life very conscious of the fact that i'm gay i mean i've been with the same woman for, for almost 14 years now It is not a huge part of my life other than the fact that sometimes people remind me of the fact that I'm in a relationship with a woman. And I sort of transfer that to my characters um, without even trying, I think. I think that that's really important because as, as lesbians come to terms with being lesbian, we need to see more stories that reflect our day to day lives. And I'm not saying survival instincts reflects our day-to-day lives, but <laughs> I hope not. But, I, I but... hope not. <laughs> I hope it never reflects our everyday lives. But having said that, the the mere fact that we're seeing lesbians who just happen to be lesbians and it isn't their sole identity is really important to see the sector grow. Okay. So let's talk about your publishing company. So you've just started a publishing company. This is very exciting. So tell me about it. It is. Yeah, it's very exciting. I um, started it in January, I think. Originally, it started, of course, with the idea that I wanted to self-publish at least a portion of my books. And I figured I'm 
figuring this all out for myself, how it works. And I'm setting up all these structures and I'm building all these bridges with people and review sites like yours. And I'm doing all these things that other people could benefit from. Why not have them benefit? That was really the idea behind it. And it's um, been picked up well. And, and I'm reading a lot of awesome manuscripts and, and working with great people. So I'm very blessed. So we're going to see some some other authors joining your your publishing company soon. Yes, I hope to publish the first um, a little after the summer. It's by Kate Lawson, and it's called Loving Henry, uh, which is um, a very sweet but also gritty. I, I have to admit, um, because it's me and I accepted it, of course, so of course, it's a little gritty, that it's a very great romance story and family story, mostly. And, and I think it will resonate with a lot of people. And your publishing house is going to be concentrating on lesbic. It's concentrated on fiction with strong female leads. Um, I, I'm not limiting that to romance at all. Manuscripts don't even have to have a romance element in them at all, and and I honestly don't care or about the type of romance there is. If there is a romance, I care about getting more books with really strong female characters out into the world. That's kind of interesting. Why all of a sudden? I mean, it's quite a like it's a really short space of time to go from January to June, and already you're looking at manuscripts and about to be publishing. You've already published your first what is it three or so magic series yeah the third one comes out in um uh, on the 14th um, of june so so why why so fast why is the turnaround like what is the thought process there (laughs) that is really me just being me i tend to have the um headspace of if you're doing something do it right and do a lot of it and and just throw yourself into the adventure I'm slightly on the neurodiversity spectrum and I think that helps. So I'm a little autistic. So I, I tend to hyper-focus on things. Um, it, it means that I go on a lot of rides <laughs> <laughs> also with myself. So it's not always handy, but I always make it work. Um, and so far it's working. Okay. So you come from a background of marketing, website development and that kind of thing. That's got to help. Yeah, I have an IT and a communications uh, bachelor. I've worked as a graphic designer for uh, for a couple of years and I've worked in marketing and communications for a couple of years and getting to combine all those elements, it just works really well in the publishing world. Okay, so if somebody wants to send you their manuscript, what are you looking for? I'm looking for strong female characters. Of course, I already said that. I'm looking for a story that is innovative and a little on edge. I don't mind um, stepping outside of the romance genre at all. It's it's what I write as well, so it makes sense. I am looking for something new. I think that is what's really important. I'm looking for new perspectives, new voices. And when I say female-focused, I mean self-identified female-focused trans women totally fine or or even people sort of not entirely sure where they fall but i want the positive representation out there nice okay what's the biggest writing mistake you made and what did you learn (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I think that my desire to do a lot of things at once and do them quick is probably also part of my downfall because it means having a lot of um, very, very, very long days. That said, I've, I've learned a lot from the fact that I suddenly had to do a lot and, and um, how to motivate myself through that and, and get enough sleep and maintain a relationship. But if I were to advise someone to do it, then maybe this is not entirely <laughs> the easiest way to go into publishing. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you can make it work, make it work. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think the best thing to do in any of these things is just to do it. Exactly. You just make sure that you get your deadlines eventually. And if that means a lot of long days, then do it. As long as you put out quality work and, um, you know, you get to be nice to people anyway, you know, even when you're cranky and even when you are running a little sleep and little food and you haven't been uh, all that engaged with, with the rest of the world, just make sure that you get to be nice to other people online, in real life, go out anyway, even if you think you have a deadline, just spend some time outside of work as well. I think that's really important. So when you say be nice to people, do you, I mean, it sounds like you're speaking, there's something there. What, what is it? No, I think maybe that is a spectrum thing as well, but I, uh, because I hyper-focused a lot, um, I tend to get caught up in my work a lot either in the writing or or you know everything around it and i tend to have to remind myself that other people are really important in your life and and not just online but offline and you know all those things it's it's um sometimes a challenge to combine all the things i believe that i struggle with the same thing sometimes <laughs> I have many balls in the air. Mm, I feel you, yes. <laughs> what would you do again and what do you recommend that others do too? Write your own voice. Just whatever it is, even if you doubt that it's going to sell if you're writing a book or if you fear that people might not like it because it's too out there or, or not hitting tropes or whatever. Just do it. Just get your own voice out there because it is so important that our voices are diversified and that everyone's heard. I agree with that. Now, what do you say though to people who are doing that, but they're not reaching the market that they hope to? There are especially if we're talking about books, there are a couple of things that are more important to selling books than the content. And that is an epic cover. That is a very strong blurb that maybe does cater to the few um, tropes that you do have in your book. And then it can be completely outside of that norm while they get in the book, but then at least you've sold the book. And of course, the marketing part of it, that is stupendously important. <laughs> um, yes. Everything in book selling is marketing. And um, 
that really means not shouting here is my new book off the rooftops but that means engaging people and being available and being open and being uh, supportive of, the, of your readers and fostering that reader base. Okay, so if somebody's listening to this now and they've got a book out and the book's not doing particularly well, what is the very first thing, the first thing you would look at? Cover. Make sure the cover hits your target audience. And lesbian is not a, a good enough target. <laughs> if you're writing specfic, you need to make sure that it screams science fiction. Um or fantasy or urban fantasy and if it is weird urban fantasy with a sci-fi hint then it needs to hit that trope specifically in the cover as well cover is so important you have like six seconds i think before someone decides if they are going to write or, re or uh, read the book based on the cover so that first instant is so important i've read studies that say three seconds oh yeah even worse yeah <laughs> yeah with things like Amazon now, where you've got so much competition on the page, you've got even less time to hit that mark. And you must bear in mind also with the cover that the, when they see it, often it's a tiny little cover. Mm -hmm. Like it's a little thumbnail of a cover. So if you have too much detail on it, it's going to get lost in that thumbnail. So you need to think about all of these things. But yes, I agree with you 100%. Blurbs. Have you got anything interesting to say about blurbs? Like what do you look for in a blurb? Blurbs need to speak to tropes um, because that's what people look for. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what a trope is, a trope is a theme that uh, readers uh, look for in a book. Uh, it's something that a lot of authors write to. So, for example, uh, ice queen romance. Take that. This strong character who defrosts when the romance actually starts to happen. If you've written an ice cream romance, then that has to be reflected in the cover and it has to be reflected in the blurb. People need to skim that blurb and it has to scream ice cream romance to them. Because if they're looking for ice cream romance, they want that. And they don't necessarily know the term is ice cream, but they they know that that's what they like. They like the the cold, aloof, probably older main character who is then you know, actually opens up to the naive, slightly younger woman kind of, yes. Uh, exactly. Totally get that. And don't only write down this is an ice cream romance because a lot of readers, like you say, don't know that. But if you do use words like, okay, um, Joyce is a very aloof, blah, 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 very successful businesswoman, blah, 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 very busy, no time for romance. Then, uh, but until her young assistant comes into her life and then I go, ah, now I know what I'm going to read. And I want to read that because I love that. So that has to be in your blurb. And in order for you to do that, though, you also need to understand understand what it is you're writing and what is going to attract readers. And I think, unfortunately, often writers get so involved with their work that they think that their book is actually book X, when it's actually not book X, it's actually book Y. And they've just kind of lost the plot somewhere along the way. Yeah, beta readers help. Like people who you can send your manuscript to, who will read it and who will give you feedback and you can ask them questions. Leave always an open question about what do you think this book is or 
what did you pick up, uh, up from it and, and try to distill that into, okay, this is apparently what my book is, although I might think it's something completely different. Covers, blurbs, beta readers, right? You're in the publishing business now, so like which of those is are you responsible for as the publisher and which is the author responsible for? I'd hope that um, the work has been beta read by the time it it's arrives uh, in my inbox. That's also what's on the website as part of the um, requirements that it is, has at least been sort of self-edited and that it um, has been you know, checked for consistency and that is also part of what a beta reader does. So I step in after that and of course sort of act as a beta reader as well. But if I don't like it, then the consequences are that I also won't pick it up for publishing. And cover and bloop? That's me. Or us, I have to say. So you get involved in the bloop as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I work with the editor of the book to um, get that done. And of course, then it comes goes past the, the writer again. And we work it out, the three of us. What's a good length for a bloop, do you think? Not too long. It depends on a book, say two, three hundred words. Speaking of length of the books, do you think it's important to have books that are a specific length, word-wise? Yes, I do. But of course, there are always exceptions. Um, specific genres have have different averages so romances right now are in, in lesbic at least are usually between 60 and 80,000 words so you know their um, fantasy can be a lot longer especially epic fantasy can easily go up uh, I don't know like 130 to 150,000 words for reference survival instincts is 130,000 and that's a very long book for lesbic Mm-mm. But one of the big selling points uh, for something that is 130,000 words is that it's 130,000 words. There are, mm-hmm. there are people who literally don't want to read books that are less than, you know, 100,000 words. Yeah. Yeah, there, they def- there definitely are. And I think some will go a little bit lower. I, I don't know, like 300 pages or something, which is probably roughly around 80,000, depending on a lot of things, but somewhere there. But yeah, that is, that's definitely a thing. People like longer books, uh, especially in lesbian fiction, which is really interesting because lesbian fiction is very different than mainstream fiction in what it likes and what it doesn't like, or what its reader likes and what they don't like, apparently, which is fun to find out. Like, give me an example. Um, mainstream like series a lot. Um, continual, continuing story series. Like in book uh, one, um, they start the journey in book two. They have the middle section of the journey in book three. They end the journey like Lord of the Rings. M- m- mainstream loves Lord of the Rings type series books. Um, and lesbian fiction really likes its standalones. So one story, preferably a romance, uh, contained in a single book. And then, of course, they love a sequel, like a new story with the same characters, but not one that they have to wait on, nothing with a cliffhanger, things like that. It's true. And 
series is that revolve around the same central cast, but each book is a different set of characters from that cast. So Melissa Braden type stories where she'll do like the Seven Shores romances, and then each book will have the same kind of set. Yeah, that works too. If people like some kind of familiarity, I think lesbian readers um, invest a lot more in the worlds that we build as readers than perhaps the mainstream readers do. So when we get to revisit that world um, with or without the characters that we've grown to, to that they've grown to love because lesbian readers really hook into their characters, I think, um, then, yeah, they'd love to do that. It's true. It's true. Okay, so is there anything else that you think would be of interest to listeners? Ooh, open question. Um, <laughs> ah, um, concerning what? Um, what you're up to, your books that are coming, um, wise things you have learned about lesbian fiction, um, <laughs> anything. <laughs> Ooh, um, books coming out. Um, well, Stolen Magic is the latest one, I think, and I'm ending that series in the next book, although there will be a short uh, story in September. And then I'm starting a new series that will carry me through the rest of the year, I think, which is a, a young adult supernatural type story with angels and demons. And uh, it should be very, and very interesting, right? I think. <laughs> nice. Okay, so give us a quick rundown on what um, Survival Instincts is about for those who haven't read it. Yes, if you haven't read Survival Instincts. Um, Survival Instincts is about um, a post-apocalyptic world. Um, there's been a war and uh, the world got all kinds of messed up. And we've moved ahead a couple of hundred years um, to find Lynn, main character Lynn, and her dog Skeever um, traversing this world and trying to stay alive. When she comes up on a group of uh, settlers who have taken up residence in um, a building in New York, uh, which is now leveled, of course. Um, they realize that she has something to do with uh, the death of one of their own, and they send her um, on a mission to um, um, deal with that, basically. And it's a whole thing. She ends up with a guard uh, called Danny, who, of course, you know, <laughs> sparks fly after a lot of uh, fighting and arguing and a lot of almost getting killed, basically. <laughs> nice. And your other series? Uh, the Ville Chronicles um, revolves around... Um, it, it's a world where magic is, is real, of course, um, but hidden from, you know, average people, but people with magic know that magic uh, exists. Um, and a special type of mage is born, a wild mage, someone who uh, can do something no other mage can. And usually they um, die upon manifestation, so when they uh, evolve their powers, when they get their powers. Um, this one didn't, and now the 
opposing sides of the magical world all wants to uh, control her and her powers because she has the power to end the war that is um, taking place in a magical world. And of course there is a bit of romance, um, but there's also a lot of non-romance in the books and a lot of characters who together make up the fabric of this world and who teach you about all the different parties in this world. Or groups in this world. Alright, so where can people find you online, especially your publishing company for authors who want to submit? Yes, um, it's called EOS Publishing. Uh, EOS, like the goddess, Greek goddess. Um, you can find uh, me at eos-publishing.com um, or you can Google it. It will, it will come up pretty um, high, so you should be able to find it. Um, or go through my website. I also have a link through there, which is madeoni.com, which is much easier. And I am everywhere. Um, also with EOS, just type EOS Publishing into any um, uh, social media and I should come up right away. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining me today, May. Thank you for having me. This has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I was joined today by May Dorney. You can find links to the books we discussed in the show notes, along with links to other fun things like where to find May online. If you enjoyed this podcast, then come and talk to us on the Lesbian Talk Show chat group on Facebook. Email us on podcast at thelesbiantalkshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Lesbian Talk Show. You can also join our community of patrons and get exclusive content. You can go to patreon.com slash thelesbiantalkshow. The link is in the show notes. That's all for this week. Bye. Bye.